You're listening to Live 96.7. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Get over the Sunday scaries. Hey, don't worry. We got the uh, news coming up, weather coming up, and new hits from Combo, Whitney Houston, Kurt Cobain, and David Bowie. I'll stay tuned. It's the Clams Radio. Tonight on Two Season of Pog... 96.7 on your... Two C's in a pod, 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 two C's just like two C's in a pod, two C's because we're two C's in a pod, two C's just like two C's in a pod, two C's in a pod at gmail.com. Screaming first thing off to kick off the day. That's all my god. Cam, yeah. you're listening to you season of pod. Of course, it's a podcast. Two, cl- ah, two, two clams in the sea. Two clams. Two clams. Hi, my name is Cameron Osborne. Good morning, everybody. His name is Cam LeClaire. His hair is slicked back it's for you. It's looking tight. It's uh, looking tight. I wish this was a visual medium so you could see. We're stretching. We're waking up this morning. Um, I hope everybody, you know, kind of reach down and touch their toes, maybe, if you can. And if you can't, well, that's your fault. Um, this is a podcast. It's hosted by myself. It's hosted by Camel Claire. Um, and that's about it. Do, do I need more exposition on uh, no, on I think, why I think the you podcast give exposition exists? literally every week to people who don't need it. Be, uh, it's, it's not people it's who like don't need it. It's like syllabus day. It's, the it's new, like syllabus day. It's new. It's like new listeners, right? It's like it's it's like you tune in and it says previously on Lost. Previously on Lost. I don't they need the previously on Lost because obviously I watched last week's episode and I still yeah. had 42 brand new questions and no goddamn answers. Right? right. But we do it because there are some people. I know some people, if they're listening, call me out on it in real life just to prove to me if you actually listen to the podcast. Hey, well, I, I know did, people I, who would come in and out of Lost and be totally enough. fine with it and retrospectively they understand how that makes them sound like an insane person i i never watched the show but i've heard it's very confusing it's more it's not any more or less confusing than any other show but you have to watch every episode or you have no clue what the hell's going on do you have to pay attention the entire time or can you kind of drift in and out very much so this is not this is not house md where you kind of get the gist after 26 minutes. No, this is... Right, he's going to cure like, the cause. He's going to cure the cause and then deal with his own addiction. We get it. Right. We get it, House. And his addiction is sometimes women. His, sometimes it's women, sometimes it's pills, sometimes it's liquor, but I think the real addiction uh, is is his need, nay, his want to be, uh, to, to be a hero. It's a hero complex. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I've only watched probably 10 episodes, but I feel like we bring it up quite a bit, so I feel like you've seen every House episode. I've seen every episode of at least the first... The House was the show that my stepmom and I watched. Nice. Uh, and then it followed by The Good Wife after like House got off the air, but that was like the everybody shut up, we're watching House right show if you don't want to watch house great there's a television yeah, downstairs like yeah. but this is where house don't have gets dinner. watched <laughs> right. it was on like 9 p.m or something you know so it was that kind of like perfect like great go read a book and then go to bed i don't give a shit right. dr house is gonna cure they put television something. on too late these days man nine o'clock showtime is that too late for you? is that too late for you yeah man 9 30 i'm in bed well in bed by like 9 20 last night loved it is that your fault or other people's faults 
everybody else's fault. Because I don't the store, think the stores aren't open at six a.m. Yeah, coffee, coffee shop not open. Coffee culture isn't open until nine, nine thirty maybe. Who knows? Uh, check back for two weeks ago to figure out that. Um, yeah, sorry about last week's folks. Uh, we had a little bit of a power outage. A and, power uh, outage. Who knew? Who knew this? Who knew something like this? Yeah, uh, this goddamn third world Toronto. Li- literally, uh, the entire, literally. The entire the literally the entire power for the building uh, went out. Just for that blip, and that blip is enough to kind of cause, uh, you know, enough of damage, Cam. But uh, this is really more concerning for me, because I thought that you were in charge of paying the utility bill. No. You I were not tasked. to pay. No, no, no. It's my stand against the government. Right, 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 right. So that would probably have something to do with why <laughs> the power went out, because uh, we, you know, kind of like openly refused something, which is, uh, which, uh, which, yeah, we're really sorry about that, folks, uh, especially because, I mean, there's no really... We had the show done. I mean, we, we were uploading it, and then we realized that it was just me blabbering to myself for an hour without uh, a secondary person dialoguing. So, I mean... Hey, maybe the folks could need that in their life is someone to just speak to them, but they can't speak back to. One thing I love about Chris D'Elia's podcast is that it's very much so just him talking to you without any form of interjection, without anybody maybe giving their side of the story or uh, yeah, it's just kind of him staring down the barrel of the camera going like, hey, do you you want to meet up after the show? I have a hotel room. It's all, you know, and uh, the podcast is back, baby. But uh, yeah, we're we are really sorry about what happened last week, especially because yeah. after weeks and weeks, I mean, we've been touting this for dozens of weeks now. We finally had the Brad Pitt interview. Yeah. So that's gone. Uh, sorry about that, folks. It's uh, he's never coming back because we we called him out on the uh, the scandal. So, yeah, we kind of we spent all of our money kind of getting him on like our huge part of the nut. Uh, but that being said, though, there still is a lot of funds remaining here at Two Season Pod because, of course, we keep all of our money in a large uh, life uh, ceramic porcelain uh, piggy bank. For those of you who don't know, it's a big porcelain piggy bank uh, with um, with his pants, uh, his his little jean shorts pulled around his ankles making him truly bottomless and uh so don't worry that's still okay we keep that in a room here at the uh at the facility here at two seasons pod and it's heavily guarded by a uh a westworld style uh anim like a a robot sentient robots uh kind of like keeping guard of everything uh played by little children of course these little boys and girls um that kind of rove around you don't know who who is a robot and who's not it's uh you know so it's kind of it's meant there to deter robbers yeah it's just like a um it's like a sticker on your window that says alarm force even if you don't have alarm force it makes you think twice or when you see beware of dog and then it turns out it's one of those little things that you can kick you know? Did I ever tell you the story where I saw the Beware Dog and thought that? No. So I was selling office supplies when I was y- young in my sales career because I'm a grizzled vet now. Look at me. Um, right, right. So you were went, selling mostly paper clips, uh, paper Not weights, even kidding. Uh, like paper, pens, ink, and all that shit. So I go to this business's door, knock on the door, and I'm like, hey, um, listen, we help local businesses reduce their costs from staples or about 15% less who typically deals with office plus oh it's me okay come on in come into my office sure and then there was a son that said beware of dogs and you think like oh where's the where's the cute chihuahua right 
no cute chihuahua door closed i looked to i see a glance at my eyes something charging at me and this giant german shepherd lunges at a door and slams into it <laughs> and i'm like what the fuck they're like oh yeah don't worry about him that's why we keep the door closed i'm like what this is a glass place this is not like a bank vault. You guys sell glass products, <laughs> not bongs, like glass not even for a doorway. Yeah. I don't know why you have this guard dog that's willing to kill me as an office supplies salesman. Wow. Anyway, so yeah, that's my, uh, sometimes when you see beware of dog, they're not kidding. They're really not kidding. That's weird. Yeah. I, l- I, weird, I, yeah. I love it when dogs do things like that too, where they... Uh, and they do. They, I, I love. I love the dog owner who excuses their dog's behavior by say by kind of, oh no, don't worry, they're just blank, you know, like like a dog. Uh, no, it's like one hundred percent your responsibility. Yeah, a dog is a, a, a massive dog is jumping up against a glass door, and your response yeah. is, oh, don't worry, they're just they're he's, really he's friendly. friendly. Yeah, uh, that's You're like not, to who? <laughs> that's not how friendly. I've had many dogs in my life. Some friendly, some not. I can tell you right. very much so the difference between the two. Yeah. See, we're on the opposite end right now where we're trying to get Darla not to jump on people. And it's difficult because if she's off leash and she just runs at someone and jumps, it's like it is our responsibility entirely because we shouldn't let her off leash. But then people will be like, oh, don't worry. I'm used to dogs. And they'll start like coddling her when she jumps up. And we're thinking to ourselves like, no, no, no. You need to like push her away and be like, this is not okay. Cause right then she's getting rewarded entirely being like, yeah, go, 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 go. You're like, and that's no, no, the no, problem. No. When, you, that when, you, when you have a nice, soft, cute, fluffy dog, yeah. all somebody wants to do is just kind of roll around on the grass with them. Uh, yeah. But you're trying to, yeah, I have a friend whose dog is in the same kind of spot right now. Just, j- they just got over the biting you, like just kind of teething you all the time. Yeah. Uh, and now they're into the, just kind of jump up on you stage and you're and what it, kind of dog is it uh it is a rottweiler and something Ooh, that's a big dog it w- that's like a that's a that's a well strong dog it's too. currently not a big dog but it uh well, it, it will be like thick and juicy though it will just like yeah. i will be after my first hgh cycle <laughs> yeah it kind of looks like you after when you're kind of in the midst of a cycle uh you know well when you're your hgh your test yeah. Do you think you'll take tests when you're older or like something like that? No. Is that something that uh, adult men do that I'm unaware of? Sure. I mean, once you get past the stage where you're not producing as much testosterone, a lot of men will just be like, I'll get on a little bit of t- or, uh, testosterone replacement therapy, TRT, just so you can still feel like you got that, uh, you know, rock hard boners and uh, you get to push it in the gym. Well, here's the thing, Cam. I don't know if I had much testosterone to begin with, so I feel like, you know, not having it is... Uh... Well, here, here's a quick test for all you folks at home. Take off your shoe. Okay. Take off your shoe. Mm-hmm. Is your shoe off? Wasn't wearing one in the first place. Okay, do you got socks on? Nope. Okay. Look at your toe. Okay. Do you see hair on it? Yeah. No problem. You got testosterone. <laughs> that what is that was that's the uh that's the that's, that's the, all. that's the that's the doctor test to say, hey doc, do I got testosterone problem? I go take off your feet. That's right, the me, medical me, that's the medical I'm telling you, man. I talked to a guy who's uh who he was concerned about that problem and the doctor told him exactly that. So now I'm not calling myself a doctor, but I got a pair of yeah, ears. Pl- please do not call yourself a doctor. You are nowhere near a medical professional. 
Yeah, I'm not far from it, though. It's very, probably on the same level as I am, I would say, yeah. uh, in terms of qualifications. Hey, I was a medical <laughs> professional, just not a medical doctor. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's a good point, but you left uh, You left the uh, that rosy gold life. I'm an, old, I'm an old field cowboy now. Yeah, now you're just part of the problem. No, part of the solution. Oh, you're part of the solution? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's cute. How do you think your electricity is coming in right now? Uh, I don't know. I kind of I turn on a switch and then that's uh, right. You don't even think about it because I'm in the background. You're in the background, generating power. Oh, okay, good. Okay, yeah, yeah. You're you're the one, Cam. Uh, recently, you started spending a lot of your time, uh, heavily investing into uh, kind of like crypto mining. You're you very much so are kind of focusing on having all of the kind of world's fossil fuel supply going to powering just acres and acres of server farms uh, mining cryptocurrencies. Yeah, it's funny because I've been talking to oil field guys and I don't think I don't fully understand how to mine crypto, but apparently you need a lot of power. It's um, it, it's not that you need. Yeah. OK, go on. Sorry. Anyway, so we have products that will generate power from waste heat. So let's say that you have, I'll make a really simple example. You have a really big oven and then that oven has a chimney and that chimney normally just puts out, you know, heat into the air and does nothing with it. We can actually pull that power off it, generate heat, they push the turbine, which creates electricity. A lot of times they actually create too much power and they're talking about running a crypto, crypto farm there. I don't think they understand how, but it's like an idea like, fuck it, we'll do it. I don't know how. It's a fantastic idea. Unfortunately, I think like the majority of <laughs> these things are mined in China. Yes. And in India, where right. our, you know, kind of where, where Canada and North America's uh, energy plan doesn't really carry much weight. But yeah, Cam, it's exactly that. Like, think about it. You turn on your computer. It's got to work hard, right? You know those big gaming computers that are meant to handle fucking yeah. incredible Whoa, amounts of that information? Fan's just it's got a huge. You, your, your hair's literally blowing in the yeah, wind. Yeah, you look like that guy games. in that commercial, you know, sitting down on the chair and, the, and there's all the air is rushing past you. Now picture that, but there's a thousand of them. Obviously, it's going to yeah. consume more energy than if there was just one of them. And if you want more crypto, you need more computers. More computers, more money. So it's sort of like it, it all makes sense. It's just, uh, you know, maybe not. You know, not not necessarily good for the environment. No, most things aren't. But I mean, hey, fuck it. If we got a few kill a few whales along the way to, uh, you know, pave our road, that's okay with me. Now, Cam, you said that, and that's interesting because that was a real controversial uh, campaign that you were trying to raise at work. Um, yes. You made the T-shirts, you made the banners, like "Kill a few whales" was really kind of the hashtag that you uh, tried to get rolling. Yeah. So people thought it was like, let's go white whale hunting, meaning like let's go after big clients. That's great and all. I, I yeah. strongly yeah. agree. Go they, after they, the big they initially guys. Initially supported you because they thought you wanted they, they, larger they clients. Want, yeah, for sure. That's great. I fully support that. I was thinking on the more literal side of things. Mm. We could really go. You know what the first energy source was, Cam? Uh, the sun. Whale blubber. Okay. <laughs> okay. We need to go back to whale blubber. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's exactly how we need to be heating things. And you're not talking about kind of like systematically going through and killing, murdering whales. No, you're talking oh, about no, long-term exactly environmental effects that truly degrade uh, an entire species' quality of life. Call tomato, tomato. You don't want to just, you know, 
you know, spear through the gut, you're dead. No, you want years and years of, uh, you know, physical toll on an entire species. You got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Mm-hmm. Whale eggs, in this case. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be... Do you think you'd be able to catch a whale? Absolutely not. Who who, who, who am I? Moby Dick? Uh, who is the guy in Moby Dick? Get, Fuck. Hey, here, here, I, here, the name here, was here, on the tip of my tongue. Writing it down. Here, Here's a book for you if you want. I can mail this to you if you Abraham. want. Abraham! That's who caught Moby Dick. Sorry, go here. on. One sec. Abraham. I knew that's who it was. I knew it was going to come to me, but yeah. not much of a theology. All right, this is for the listeners at home. If you're looking for a book this summer to read about the actual story of Moby Dick, check this out. In the Heart of the Sea, the tragedy of the whale ship Essex happened in 1819. A 238-ton boat that was a whale fishing boat set out to sea uh, to go whale hunting. Gives you all the details of what actually whale hunting looked like at that time because whale blubber was so useful for creating heat. Anyway, they go stalk this whale the whale gets a little bit angry and actually rams the ship and sends it um, basically sinking. And they're left with a few little lifeboats in the middle of the sea. Now, this is the time, obviously, in 1860 where you don't have find my phone on your uh, your thing or you know, he, a Coast Guard. And even if you have find my phone, don't turn that on. You don't want the government knowing where you are. No. Um, anyway, the, the story is absolutely amazing. There ends up being a little bit of um, cannibalism included in the book. Wow, spoilers. Spoilers, yeah, but uh, something Don't to look forward to. What, it's probably, it's, I'm going to say this is my recommendation for the month of books. Cam, if you want, I'd be more than happy to send it to you. <laughs> that sounds fantastic, Cam. And way before the uh, recommendation station segment that we were going to introduce, where we recommend something new every single week, uh, way before that, Cam, I'm also going to recommend something while we're at it. Uh, of course, The Heart of the Sea. Cam, you've been trying to read books more. I'm going to recommend uh, The Heart of the Sea, the film starring Chris Hemsworth and Tom Holland. Are you tired of reading books to disseminate Is all your information. Book? Well, then you should just watch the just watch the movie instead, dumbass. There's a there's a movie on it. Fuck. Chris Christopher Hemsworth. It's called the Heart of better. the Sea. <laughs> Heart of the Sea. No, that that does uh that does sound great. It's great to see that you're reading, Cam. I guess we're probably like five. We're five months into the month now, or five months into the year now. And I believe yeah. you had a very uh, uh, simple, or you know, a very easily achievable goal of I think you had like six or seven books you wanted to read throughout the uh, throughout the entire year. Is this number two? Is this number three? Maybe. Uh, so that, I read that one last year. Uh, right now, I'm reading Band of Brothers, which is a book all about the 101 Airborne Division going into World War II into the Normandy beaches, eventually reaching Hitler's Eagle Nest. And if you're looking for another great piece of content, then check out Band of Brothers on HBO, 10-part series starring David Schwimmer, of all people, uh, making an appearance in a post or in a mid-friends role, a rare dramatic role by David Schwimmer, who is just sitting on millions of dollars right now, uh, which is awesome. So way to go. Uh, Band of Brothers, check it out, HBO Max, if you have Crave, uh, watch it now. 
Yeah, so that's the uh, that's the latest one. I will I will give the recommendation of that once I'm done, and then I will find another book that's been converted into a movie to read. <laughs> or find a movie that's been converted into a book. <laughs> Maybe you gotta go the other go the other way with it. You know, have see, they see, done that? Uh, see, I'm sure there's been a um, like I'm sure you could find you know the novelization of Happy Gilmore somewhere. <laughs> It's pretty much just the script with a little more exposition uh, written down into, you know, like a nice 32-page uh, format. That sounds, yeah, maybe not. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll find something a little more interesting to read. Yeah, I have a tough time. Caddyshack? I, the novelization Cat, of the Caddyshack. film Caddyshack? Yeah, Groundhog Day? It has to be a golf film specific, uh, or else we're kind of over it. The Legend of Bagger Vance... Uh, what else is a golf move? What else? What else? What else? There's one that takes place. Caddyshack two. Well, Cam, you know I love these videos. The ones that are on YouTube. That's like professional golfer rates ten golf movies. Oh my for god! Realism. You, uh, Cam. It, what what sucks is for me. You watch these videos all the fucking time. Oh, they're not great. You gotta love them. I do not love them. You gotta love them. I do not love them. I don't like. I don't like. Uh, Never mind. I need to see. What okay, were you gonna I'm, say? What were you gonna say? I'm just gonna let you finish. I love seeing when it's like it's like ten golfers rate golf movies, or or like, or like, you know, it's, I hate to bring up Seal Team Six. No, you hate don't to hate bring to bring it up. Hate to bring it up. You love to bring it up. Love to bring it up. Um, I like when they have the Seal Teams on there, and they're like this part of the movie. Uh, this is. I like when they go like, this was a really well done movie. These are five things you didn't notice that are actually truly realistic. These people put the watch on the inside of their wrist because you can check the time quicker. It's probably something you didn't pick up on, but it is a very quick reality. The boots that are wearing are made by X brand. Those are the boots that we wear. And you're like, I would have never known that. See, Cam, I'm always trying to expand my mind and you're just trying to rot yours. Um... Yes. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. However, there's a difference in those videos where, yeah, real U.S. Marine watches reacts to uh, military. It's not reacts to military new scene face, because new there's like a big face. difference. Like, no, because then there's like submarine commander rates ten submarine movies. He's like, this yeah, is good, but the majority. But like, I feel like it doesn't it doesn't account for the fact that it's fiction. Right. If you're let's say SEAL Team Six reacts to the film American Sniper, right, yeah. a movie which is in more which for more for all intents and purposes intended to be a biopic, a biography picture, meaning that it is trying to be it as accurate as possible. If we have a golfer telling us about what Caddyshack is really like, it's like obviously it is a farce. There will be nothing. Yeah, right. but I mean, we they, might don't, as they well, don't take it. They don't take it as hard. Then we, Cam. We, like, we might as well. The, the club he's using back then, the the ball he's using is not correct to the time. Yeah. Yeah, we, they're gonna be like, oh yeah, you know. Sometimes it's like sometimes you do get mad when you miss a putt like that. And I've seen a few guys throw putters in the water. Yeah, they're like, not like no, 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 no. That putt setup is is not um, you know halal. Like that's not how you do it. First of all, you're gonna do is throw the grass in the air to check the wind resistance, and that's what I do. They're not talking like that. You just gotta you gotta. This podcast is brought to you by professionals react or watch <laughs> or rate movies. Yeah, I just, I just, I can't get behind it, especially when it's something it. that's intended to be farce. Because all I'm waiting for is like, you know, which reacts to scenes from WandaVision. 
<laughs> it's like here's, wow. Here's one that all you of would that hate, was Cam. bullshit. Okay, what Physicist do I need? Physicist breaks down uh, superhero movies. Yeah, that's what I need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scientist reacts to Back to the Future, With and they're saying, face. well, yeah, well, first of all, uh, the flux capacitor is fake, so you would need something else that's not a flux capacitor. <laughs> Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, no, I just want to know: Is the flux capacitor real? You're just saying, like, I don't. Do you know if a flux capacitor is real? It's absolutely not real. It was That's written by think. Robert I, I, Zemeckis. Are, oh, sorry. Are you a scientist? <laughs> no, but I'm pretty sure How I can know I trust who wrote your the screenplay. <laughs> I don't know, Cam. Flux capacitor. Um, I'm just saying, maybe you should talk to um, some more, some people that uh, you know have a few letters beside their name. What? Like, MD, SC, scientist, corporal. Oh, I was, oh, I was thinking other, I was thinking other letters. Cam, you're right. I mean, we're never going to come to an agreement on, uh, on, on this. We're, we're never going to come to an agreement on reacting to videos. Uh, unless, hey, if there's one that you can find to me that I will genuinely enjoy where they do not, uh, look at a piece of fiction as if it is reality... 100% give it to me all right all right I'll, I'll, I'll send you some recommendations as they come up if I find a really good one I do I really like the Navy SEAL team one. of course if you can find one where they react to the film Avatar and they I say and they that. and they say things like well unobtainium would actually be very difficult to obtain it's it's, it's <laughs> unobtainium is very difficult it's to very obtain dense. because it's not real so uh the scientists would have a lot of trouble trying to find something because it doesn't actually exist or i'd love to see like well when the navahi tie their tails together uh the problem with that is that the navahi are not actually real so right. they would have a hard time tying their tails together because they don't make exist. it more difficult yes <laughs> and that's these are the things that i understand but you probably don't because you didn't watch because i didn't the watch the video, video. I, I just watched yeah. avatar too many times and i that's got right. lost in the fictional world that's it all right cammy boy well uh speaking of getting lost in the fictional world maybe we do a little spin to figure out um what fictional question we can ask you i think i mean it's, and it's time. called wheel of death <laughs> Death. It's time for it. <laughs> There's a wheel. It's fictional. Folks at home, you can't see it, but I sure as hell can see it. Uh, Cam, so what are our categories today? Today, our categories are Breaking Bad, Family Feud, Only Cams, Jail Time, LAX, boo this man, and bring the noise. Bring the noise. Okay, great. Let's uh, let's give her a spin here. All right. Bing! All right. Lights out. Bring the noise. Cam, and this question of the week here, we know you are a man with quite a few musical tastes and quite a few harsh opinions relating to music Why does everyone always say that about me? This is not the first time. You don't believe that there's been a better album than like the 2000s era. You're like, music has been shit since the last Blink-182 album. First of all, I've probably never said that. I would rather say I have an opinion about everything, but go on. Sure. (laughs) As a man who thinks that the, um, you know, do you like my stupid hair is one of the best musical uh, ballads in the song. Um, 
pick one genre of music that you can bring back to life and one that you can kill indefinitely. Um, <clears throat> okay, genre of music to bring back to life. Um, well, I think the one that I would kill Im- kill immediately is that kind of uh, is the SoundCloud rap. Um, mainly just being, uh, you know, it's too easy for people to make music these days. It's too easy. Uh, and because it's so easy, there's nobody in there to filter out like the wheat and the chaff, right? Before we had a music industry that separated that wheat from the chaff. Uh, you know, you can look at, um, you can, you can look at old school hip hop lyrics, Tupac rapping about change, you know, social and, and political change. And then Lil Pump just saying Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Uh, um, so it's the lyrics, which I really miss. And SoundCloud rap really kind of misses on a lot of those, on a lot of those like important lyrics. I feel like it's a lot of s- stuff. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take away kind of SoundCloud rap, all the lils. We'll put them all in the same, we'll put them all in the same, uh, in the same category. Um, <clears throat> what I want to bring back, however, uh, or maybe not, maybe it's not so much just bring back cause it continues to like happen, but man, like going to the opera is so much fun. First of all, you get to dress up. How often do you get to dress up kind of in like your your weekly monthly routine? You get to dress up, you stay you go I to work. if you're like if you're fortunate enough to go to the Four Seasons Center here in downtown Toronto, a beautiful billion dollar venue where you're with others who are also dressed up. Everyone is out there for a nice occasion and then guess what? You get to sit in one of the most acoustically great spaces here that we have um you know, not only in the city of it's not the city of Toronto, but in the entire country of Canada. Uh, I would like to bring back more of this. It is a lot more. of fun to do. More opera, more classical music. Uh, opera's a lot of fun just to watch. Even if you don't know what they're saying, the, the fucking subtitles are right there for you. So it's all on you to just enjoy it. Um, hey, Cam, it, it's like they say, we got to start making the changes. Let's change the way we eat. Let's change the way we live. And let's change the way we treat each other. Is that a Rogan quote? No, that is a Tupac changes lyrics. Do you even know rap? Absolutely Shame not. On you. All right, moving on. Let's do another <laughs> spin here, Cam. <laughs> oh, just making it into only cams. Cam, the newest way for men and women to make money as the pandemic grows is to sell different skills, different views, and different personalities and relationships over the internet on a very popular site called OnlyFans. Cam, the question for you this week is how much would you charge on a monthly basis for an OnlyFans considering it's only your feet and cute little bottom that is being shown? (laughs) My feet and my cute... Oh my god, OnlyFans is fucked. Um... How much would I charge? See, my problem is that I, uh, like, is this my only source of income and I care about it? Right? Yes. Because, like, uh, uh, I mean, I, like, how much kinda. do you charge? For, like, well, how does it work? Like, do you, is it like a subscription monthly per a, type yeah, thing? Yeah, so I think, I don't, I don't think you can do, like, annual subscriptions where it's like, maybe there is. Maybe it's like, you get a lowered rate if you charge my content for a year. But I think it's just like, 
um, we set this X amount and you pay for it and then you get full access to all my posts and I'm going to keep posting feet pics. Yeah, let's say 20 bucks a month, I think. No, no, let's go 10. Just like a normal kind of Netflix, Spotify subscription. I don't think. Yeah. So my feet are nothing special. I have a wild pinky toe that I grab from uh, kind of the rest of the Osbournes. It's, uh, it's kind of this genetic trait that's been passed down. It's this, People love Is this toes. wild uh, pinky toenail. Uh, my butt, on the other hand, it looks pretty nice. If you don't mind hair, if you don't mind little bits of dingleberries after, you know, I've gone uh, to make a BM. If yep. you don't mind, but yeah, I think 10.99 is the perfect kind of subscription price. Going anything more, anything more, and uh, you know, it's tough to justify. All right, good to know, Cam. So everyone, sign up for Cam's only Cam's account. Only Cam's. It's coming out. One more spin here. Family Feud is the category of the day, Cameron. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware, because you probably don't follow the UFC as religiously as I do. There is the bantamweight champion of the world, Amanda Nunes, who is currently married and has a baby to strawweight contender Nina Nunes. In an alternate universe where these two separate with a very bad divorce, Nina Nunes ends up going up a weight class and decides they're going to have the fight of the century. Do you consider this domestic abuse or do you consider it good family entertainment? Uh, this would be good family entertainment because you signed the contract. That's what it was. So these are both two women, correct? These are both two women, yes. These are both two women. Uh, yeah, has that ever even like happened before? I mean, there's no, there's, there's never been a, two married people who have broken up and had a baby together and then got into a fight and who, just made it money. No, is it, this has not happened. Whose child time. is it? Is it an adoptive child, a jo- adopted child, oh, or is it one ne- of their Nina birth the child? Okay, so so yeah, it does. It is there is like genetic material tied to one of them. Um, no, what I would like to see more than that, uh, I would like to see them, you know, maybe take a little. I would like to see Dana White maybe take a hint out of uh, Vince McMahon's playbook and here's what we do we hang the baby up 15 feet above above the octagon first to grab the baby baby bouncer whatever wins custody of the baby yeah this already happened eddie guerrero ray mysterio in a custody battle for ray mysterio's son dominic really Uh, this happened it was so incredibly entertaining yeah so ray mysterio had a kid and then eddie guerrero was like psych i like you know your mom cheat like you know your wife cheated on you with me and that's my kid so they had a custody on a pole match or not custody on a pole custody yeah the kid's real it wasn't they didn't hang a baby they hung like the custody uh the custody papers oh i wish they hung the cuss to the baby <laughs> that's a little too much but i think we should take a page out of vince mcmahon's playbook um hang the baby over the ring maybe we should use a different word than hang the baby okay don't uh, so we s- don't get s- clipped suspend the baby in a suspend little the baby. In, in a massive jolly jumper uh jolly dana jumper. can use that kind of sponsorship money with jolly jumper and uh and and go that way i think that might be the best way to do it I love it. I love love a good ladder match. Love me a good ladder match. Love a good ladder match. Just like Cam loves Norco bicycles. I love Norco bicycles. What can I say? I know you know what you know what I love more than Norco bikes. It's the people who ride them on the sidewalk. Ah, that's it. Because I love I've, Norco bikes. I've got into uh, mountain biking quite a bit because I have the hydro cut right by my house now. So I've been hitting the uh, the mountain bike hard, even though the mountain bike shop who sold me their bicycle and will not actually deliver. 
uh, they get no business from me anymore. I, I went in there yesterday. Cam, I bought this bike February, February 1st. They're like, yeah, could be here next week. Could be here. We're going to estimate long time, three months. So it's, we're flown past three months. I call them about once a month. They're like, hey, do you have any updates on the bike? No, it'll just come one day. No, it'll just come one day. And they, they get a little bit frustrated when I call. Also, they their phone line is on probably about 5% of the time that I call. Most of the time, it just goes straight to voicemail. They just don't have it on. Almost as if they're uh, you know like blocking your calls. Uh, well, I use two phones. Right. Um, so it doesn't work for either one. Anyway, um, fine. I go in. They were kind of jerks when I tried to purchase the bike, too. They were just like very short because they're like, we're busy and, you know, things are stressful. I'm like, oh, is it is it that big of a problem where you're one of the only people doing well in this pandemic? And you're going to be bitches because, you know, there's too much business coming in the door. That's not going to last, big fella. Anyway, I go in yesterday because I want to pick up a pair of pedals. I'm like, hey, I'll go to the local, local bike shop that uh, sold me the bicycle. And I go in there and say, hey, I'm looking for some pedals in the 30 to $40 range for my mountain bike. He goes, we only have $54.99 and up. I go, well, listen, I purchased a bike here. I'm still waiting on it. Is there any way you can do a price break? No. Just, and then that was it. I was like, fuck you guys. Like, fuck you guys. So uh, after this pandemic, they will get zero business from me. And uh, they're probably going to get a strongly worded Google review as well. Wow, strongly worded Google review. Cam, it seems, it seems to be one of those things where, like, there's this cross section between uh, where we do this online shopping thing. We think everything should be ready, but then we maybe forget sometimes that like independent retailers are still that they're still independent retailers. If you go to a bike shop and they don't have the bike there. I guess it's a fucking crap I'm not shoot for when them. they can Cam, have the I'm bike, I'm fine right? with them not having the bike there. Okay. I'm saying just don't be rude about it. Right. But Cam, maybe... Don't be short. Right. Maybe on you, though, for next time, you go into a bike shop, you're looking to buy a bike, maybe buy one of the bikes that's there instead of ordering one. Because as soon as you start ordering one, you have no idea how long it's going to take. Anyway, I'm not happy with them. They've uh, they've they've lost my respect. Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Let's play another game now. Shall we, Cam? Let's play some March Madness. Okay. Got a good one here for you um, because the summer's coming. Uh, you know, our first uh, our first kind of uh, corporate level retreat uh, will be coming up soon, and then of course we have our retreat where we open it up to the rest of the employees in the office. Uh, so Cam, um, what we're looking at here, we're looking at nice summertime drinks. Some of the favorite, some of the, some of the most popular cocktails out there in the world right now, and we're going to be uh, figuring out which one is our favorite. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan, my man. First off, we have the Negroni, a favorite of all Ooh. bartenders all over the world. Uh, the, Negroni, the Negroni is a simple three-ingredient cocktail. It's gin, sweet vermouth, and Campari. Stir it with ice. Serve it cold with an orange zest. That will be pairing up um, against the Moscow Mule, popular for a good reason. The Moscow Mule is one of the most refreshing things to sip on a hot summer day. In a copper mug, all you need is vodka, ginger beer, and lime juice. So, surprisingly enough, maybe not surprisingly, ginger beer, so much sugar in it, surprisingly. You wouldn't have thought of that because it's so damn bitter, but man, it has like more sugar than a Coca-Cola. That being said... Is it more refreshing than a Negroni on a Sod Hummer day? Fuck yeah, it is. Is a Negroni nice at nighttime when you're trying to please a lady in a bar? And you go, Negroni for me and the lady, please. 
Yeah, but we're not talking about that, Cam. We're talking about slamming your drink down in your patio because you're laughing so hard because some idiot's puking off the side of the deck getting thrown off, and it's 11 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> wow, you're gonna you're you're really going you're really going there with this one. Moscow Mule ones runs away with this first one. Uh, next up, we have the Manhattan created sometime in the mid 1800s. The Manhattan is one of the booziest cocktails uh, out there. Of course, all it is is whiskey, vermouth, and a couple dashes of bitters. You can garnish it with an orange peel or a cherry. They will be taking on the Rob Roy. One of my personal fa- One of my personal favorites. Also a boozy cocktail. All you need for this one, though, however, is scotch, vermouth, some bitters, and an orange slice. Uh, Cam, I'm gonna I'm gonna play ignorant here because I haven't had either of these drinks. The That's first fine. one sounds a little bit better. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, Rob Roy just sounds like a big fat man, and I have to really drink from his belly. I don't know. This doesn't. Rob Roy doesn't sound like a good drink. Keep in mind, some Manhattan. of Manhattan. Okay, keep in mind, some of these may have implications as to uh, drinks that will be served at our uh, at our corporate retreat. So just keep an eye out for those. Uh, well, I guess who gets to pick them? Um, <laughs> Next I'll up, I'll go with the Manhattan. Perfect. Next up, we have the sidecar, a simple mix of brandy, lemon juice, and orange liqueurs, which dates back to the 1920s. Once you try one, you'll understand why the recipe has survived so long. All you need is cognac, Cointreau, and a little bit of lemon juice. Sorry, could you repeat that last word? Cointreau. Cointreau. You are the French Canadian, so I'm, I should be asking you how it's pronounced. I'm trying to uh, expand your mind here. Quintro? I, I, that's how I. That's what I said. Just making sure. Uh, <laughs> next up, we have the Moscow Mule's counterpart, the Dark and Stormy, created in Bermuda in the late 1800s when British sailors, already rum fans, took to brewing ginger beer and combined their two favorites into one tasty concoction. Traditionally. Uh, the cocktail is made exclusively with Bermuda native Co- Gosling's Black Seal rum. But all you need is rum, ginger beer, and maybe a little uh, slice of lime on the side. So I'm starting to realize deeper and deeper. Remember that March Madness we did where I did the 16 cartoons which shaped my childhood? And you were like, I don't know what any of these are. I do. That's how I'm feeling right now. Perfect. I don't drink cocktails. You're too. You're 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 a beer man. I, I you I'm know. I guess, you, I guess you. I I, I drink Negronis and Moscow. You're mules. a young beer drinker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you like Pops or Coors? Pops is cheaper. Um, <laughs> so I'll go with the one that's the sidecar. Sounds nice because there's lemon in it. The sidecar, which is also a favorite drink. Next up, we have the Martinez. Not quite a Manhattan and not quite a martini. The um, Martinez uses a slightly sweeter style of gin that debuted in the 1800s, mid-1800s. And for the authentic taste of the order at the bar, ask for it by name. All you need is gin, vermouth, maraschino liqueur, and a couple dashes of bitters. And of course, they will be taking on... The Cosmo. The Cosmo, almost ubiquitous in the 90s, thanks to TV shows like Sex and the City. Love Cosmos. But this, it is still a spin on a martini. Remains just as tasty today as when Carrie Bradshaw made it famous 20 years ago. All you need is... such a Carrie. All you need is vodka, 
Cointreau, lime Cointreau? juice, and cranberry Cointreau? juice. Au jus. Do you know what au jus is? Uh, with juice. Um, <laughs> no, it's when you. It's like when you get a beef dip, and you're like, could you put a little extra au jus on the side? It's that like it's the beef drippings, but it's yeah. not gravy. It's like thinner. Yeah, it's the beef we, juice. Yeah, au jus. It's the beef juice. Um, it's, it's the stuff we, that you collect in the diaper. Au jus. We had a, well, I guess we'd cycle with a guy who anytime he goes to a restaurant, he's like, could you just put some au on the side? <laughs> and I just want to smack him what in the face. I'm like, that is such I'd a st- I would stop thing. being his friend immediately. Yeah. Well, he's a brother of a friend, so, uh, you know, just tied in by uh, I, I blood, still, I still, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Au He's like, he's at Subway. He's like, uh, can I have some au on the side? They're like, we don't have au Oh, oh, Joe. Imagine going to a shithole like Subway and then asking for like a level of class. Yeah. It's like, could you uh, put a little bit of um, fresh parsley on the side of it? Um, and maybe you could put uh, some yucca fries instead of the traditional ones. Like, we don't serve either of those <laughs> things. Yeah. And the little fuck, the 15 year old burnout behind the counter has no clue what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I'll go with the Cosmopolitan because I think I've had one and they were good. Oh, they are good. Okay, great, Cam. We're on to our second round matchup, yeah. which means that Sorry we have... Sorry I'm running a little bit flat here, Cam. I guess I'm just not like an alcoholic. You, That's you. okay. No, no, no. I thought maybe, you know, it was a, it was a little bit of a risk. I thought maybe uh, there was a chance we'll that... We'll take a risk. I, I, got to t- I had to take a risk, right? Yeah. Uh, next up, we I do... would like to try some of these, so I'll, I'll give them a shot Well, this there summer. you go, right? So maybe we're just going by name and my description alone. Yeah. Can I have a Cosmopolitan with a shot of Oju? <laughs> next up, we have in our, our first... The, in our second round matchup, we have the Moscow Mule... If what if we can recall vodka, ginger beer, lime juice, yep. taking on the Manhattan, which was uh, rye whiskey, vermouth, and just a little bit of bitters. I mean, are, is anyone surprised here? Is anyone you know this is the biggest uh, the biggest favorite on the card here? Yeah, it's going to be Moscow Mule. It's the only one I've tried. <laughs> That's remaining. And I think and it was Cosmo. And I think it was because I made it for you. Uh, next up, we have in our second round matchup, we do, we're coming back to um, the sidecar, cognac, Cointreau, and lemon juice, taking on the Cosmopolitan cranberry. Lemon juice just sounds good in the summertime. I've tried the Cosmo, but I the sidecars, I think that one's sticking in the back of my mind where I'm going to, next time I'm at a Subway, I'm going to say, could you throw a sidecar on the side? Mm-hmm. We love Subway. We love Subway. We love Subway here on the podcast, uh, which means that we Subway. are in our final round matchup. And of course, we are talking with the Moscow Mule and the sidecar. Both of which have lemon juice, both of which have a little bit of lemon juice in there too. So the thing that you like is in both. Um, I've never tried a sidecar. Moscow Mule it is. Ah, uh, that one, that, that segment maybe ran a little bit flat for you viewers at home. So, so we're going we Moscow apologize. Mule. No, oh, Cam, hey, that's, that's... Maybe we learned something today. That's okay. You know, maybe you learned something. You know, next time uh, you're stopping off at the LC to grab a couple beers, why don't you grab a couple liqueurs and, uh, you know, grab a couple... A couple bottles of booze and see if you can uh, shake or stir your way into uh, a nice drink while you're watching. Can you go over uh, the sidecar again? I'll do it. I'll make one tonight. The sidecar is by far the most expensive. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) But uh, the sidecar is cognac, Cointreau, and lemon juice. So I would say buy a two six of Hennessy. 
um, by a Mickey of Cointreau or Triple Sec, if that's what you're looking for. All right, um, that's off the menu. We're not making sidecars and tonight. And it's a shaken one, so you need one of your little... Oh, even better. All right, Cam, what's something I can make tonight? Something that you could make tonight, I guess. Anything. I got a few things upstairs. I got like tequila, whiskey. You could make um, a gin, you, could, you could make a Manhattan. That, well, I guess anything that stirs, you could make. Uh, you know, you can make a Manhattan if you really wanted to. You can make a Rob Roy also if you wanted to, which is Scotch uh, and vermouth, um, red vermouth, not dry vermouth. So I need I need sweet vermouth. Where what do you get bitter? Where do you get bitters? Also at the LCBO. They're in bo- they're in they're in bottles like you know kind of like as as big as a you know like you know kind of like this big, and they're usually sell them by the front or with the liqueurs. Okay, yeah, got it. All right, good to know, folks at home. It's great. Hey, I um, love going. We we nice are packing a fucking lot into this show today, Cam. That's what um, we do. But I know we got fuck. We're we're on tight on time. Um, let's do our recap of the week. Of the nightcap. The nightcap, of course, with last week's uh, kind of kerfuffle. I guess we are an episode behind, so we are really sorry if you did miss, uh, um, what was it, episode 11, the final verdict. Uh, but I think just for sakes, you know, we have to, you know, kind of move on. We have to move on because we are on episode 12 of uh, season one of Night Rider, the story of Michael Knight and his uh, genius car kit. As they uh, traverse Middle America in in the hopes of uh, just, just kind of saving the world. All right, let me find my notes and amendments on this. Still not amendments. The final verdict. The final verdict, oh Cam. God. I'm going to be Boats kicking off this week's boats and, uh, boats and amendments. <sighs> no, I'm. Kicking I'm going to be. Ki- I'm kicking off. You did it last time. Well, we're fucked now, Cam. <laughs> uh oh. So we're skipping week. T- we're skipping episode one twelve. No, you did. Remember because no, 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 no. our pa- remember because the, the power episode. cut out right in the middle. Remember because the power <sighs> cut out right in the middle, and you started, well, finished your bit, and then yeah. when we kind of brought ourselves right. back. Uh, <laughs> are, are, is is that the laugh of yes, I know you're right, Cam, or is that the laugh of uh, oh, but we're doing I don't the know final do. verdict? Yeah. No, no, we moved, we moved, we're doing the, right. like, and then this you week, the, new, the next episode. No. <laughs> okay. <You should've> <laughs> okay. Listeners are going to love this. So the episode that we lost, you did the first half and I did the second half, right? Well, we lost the episode. Why, why, no, we, why would we do that? <laughs> what do you mean? Why do we do that? We do that every single time. Yeah. It was the final verdict. Right. Which never got released. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm. Right. Oh but, shit! Oh, saying, I de- I oh, oh I deleted so all of those notes. Final verdict today. I deleted all of those notes and moved oh. on to the next week's episode. Shit, man, that was my bad. I assumed I because you know we're episode. just. Oh okay. No, that was my bad. I thought I don't know. I guess we both assumed you're gonna leave that the viewers hanging like that. I guess we both assumed that we would do the other thing. So, folks, sorry about that. A little miscommunication there. I guess we'll. Uh, I guess we're taking two weeks Wait, off oh from the God, nightcap. So I guess. Wreck. So now I need to go back and rewatch episode 11 so I can get those notes back, is what you're saying. Or, or if you just keep your notes, I'll watch the next episode. Yeah, oh, well, whatever you want, whatever you want. So I guess off mic, let's decide yeah, we'll if you want to do episode 11 or not. <laughs> so you want whatever to do episode you do this 11. Week, I'll do this next week. 
Okay, sure. so for next week after the final verdict. So next week we're back on episode eleven, and then the week after that is episode twelve. So we're not doing what I'm saying; we're doing what you're saying. Sure. You're just you're just phrasing it nicely to make me feel better. Okay, we're not doing the final verdict because that one is gone. That one's gone from history because it was recorded and then okay, never good. heard the light of day. So the one that you have prepped for this week, yes, is the one we'll be doing next week. Okay, okay. sure. Okay. Clear as mud. All right. Clear as mud, Cam. Well, see? Uh, with that train wreck, we'll we'll move on to the next uh the next See, segment, Cam, you never you never read, love that. You never reach out in the middle of the I week. I never read. You never reach out in the middle no, of the week. I'm busy. Ne- I got things to do. <laughs> what do you think? I'm just fucking sitting on my phone waiting for texts to come in? No, I'm making calls. Yeah, twenty four hours a day you're making a phone call. Exactly. Never off the phone. Don't have time for my friend. Uh, friends, absolutely. absolutely. All right. Well, I guess uh, I guess we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up here with uh, our final segment of the evening. Here, it's a little bit of headline or ass night. Hey, 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 headline or ass night. What is real? What is fake? It is for you to decide, Cam. We have three headlines each. Uh, for the viewers at home to decide, is this headline, is this asinine? Cam, I'm going to start off. South Carolina bringing back the firing squad. <clears throat> now, I think you did this two weeks ago. <laughs> not, no, no, I did not. It was not. a different state bringing back the firing squad? It was similar, but different. Okay, because I think it, no, okay, so in that, yeah, okay, so if I can recall, you must have guns on the brain, Cam, because if I can recall a few weeks ago, so, so it was, Cam, it, it was I'll, a I'll death row. few weeks ago, it was a guy yeah. protesting that he wanted the firing Right, it squad. was a death row inmate who was like, no, give me the firing squad, uh, and then a short week after... Two weeks after this news article comes up about a firing squad. Now, Cam, I'm going to say this is a headline just because I think you're smart enough to not make one up after saying one was true. Right. Or maybe that was like the double play. You were like, I just said a headline about firing squads. If I double down on the firing squads, there's no way he'll think. There's no way he'll think that this is real. You know, he'll have to think this is fake or he'll have to think this is real. So I wonder what's going on in your mind right now, Cam. Well, Cam, um, well maybe this particular story, to, you know, uh, got a lot of national headlines, right? I don't, I don't recall where the original story took place, but maybe somebody's thinking to themselves like, hey, you know, uh, maybe this is the time to bring the firing squad back. America loves their guns, which is which is surprising that they would let it go in the first place, right? You know, when it comes to lethal injection as a form of, uh, you know, as, as a form of, um, you know, kind of ending it for death row prisoners, death row inmates, or uh, what's the other one? The electric chair. Americans don't love yeah. their electric chairs. They don't love their lethal injections. They love their guns. Um, so I'm surprised that, uh, you know, more states don't also do uh, gun, um, gun-related gun stuff. <clears throat> because it's just too synonymous with their, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing about electric chairs in the Constitution. But it is very clear in the Constitution that you can hold guns. Uh, so I'm going to say that's a headline. This is a headline and unrelated to two weeks ago, but I have the producers always screaming in my ears saying, hey, Cam, 
You tell these wild stories. Why don't you ever follow up on them? Well, Cam, this is a follow up. Follow up. Now, wow. while unrelated, South Carolina is actually running out of the chemicals for a lethal injection. So they're bringing back the firing squad. Now, the firing squad, here's a little fun fact for you, Cam, because I know you were giving me hell last week saying, oh, Cam, do you just do you just read the, the article while you're speaking to me? Sometimes I do, Cam. <laughs> Sometimes I do. Today I did, and I have notes and requisitions. Now, the, get it right one day. <laughs> the first ever firing squad was done in 1608 for a case of mutiny. A mutiny, for those, is uh, check it out, the, the heart of the scene. You'll find out what mutiny is. <laughs> the four states have actually allowed for the firing squad to be legalized, and that's Mississippi, Oklahoma, Utah, and South Carolina. Now, the ruling here is that, first of all, they did it because they're running out of the juice, but second of all, because they think that a lot of times you get a lot of complications with the lethal injection, and it's extremely painful. So, the new choice that inmates have is the default of the electric chair, but if they so choose, can have the firing squad. There's so far been 144 total deaths by firing squad in U.S. history. And are you wondering, Cam, are executions up? They're actually down quite a bit. Only 17 executed in 2020. So this is a headline. Uh, if you're on death row listening, uh, glad to know you have a choice. It is nice to know you have a choice that they're, um, why not just the cyanide capsule? Is that, is that a, you know, you just kind of pop the pill, you're good to go. I don't know. I've uh, I've never goofed around with cyanide. Never, never, go, never microdosed. Never microdosed cyanide. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, Cam headliner asked nine. Uh, bacteria on Neanderthals' teeth reveal their love for carbs. I'm trying to think what you could eat for carbs back then. Um. Yeah, this one just is not ringing a bell because I think, like, don't you kind of have to make... Um, I guess you can get carbs from sweets, so, like, berries and whatnot. Yeah, so this is where I'm coming to. Neanderthals used to love foraging and finding berries, which uh, is, in a sense, a carb because it is a sugar. It's not so much the, oh, they loved Wonder Bread because... Do I need to even say it? Wonder Bread wasn't around back then. But I do believe that people love sweets from ever uh, fun fact for you folks at home one of the reasons that people have a tendency to just devour sweets like a whole thing of ice cream is because we do have the tendency from our previous ancestors to whenever we do find a patch of sweets or berries to eat as many as we can because they're not going to come around too often so i'm going to go ahead and call headline Cam, you're right. That is a headline, and this is a story, a study coming from the National Academy of Sciences, who are using fossil records to figure out what our ancestors liked eating, and apparently it was a bunch of carbs. The evidence comes from bacteria found on their teeth, which would have developed uh, to sugars from the food that they ate. Scientists studied billions of fossil records where they were able to find the same microbiomes 
uh, on <clears throat> the Neanderthal's teeth and the same that were there from ours. The study suggests that over 600,000 years ago, prior to Neanderthal, Neanderthals splitting up from like our ancestors, who kind of eventually became humanoids like us, um, <clears throat> they enjoyed the same starch-rich foods, which would have helped their brains grow with enough a significant amount of energy coming from the foods that they ate. Of course, we're talking about energy-dense foods containing glucose, Cam, like you suggested. Uh, mm -hmm. This also supports other theories that both humans and Neanderthals consumed the same starch-rich diet before they split off, and a carb-rich diet would have provided that. However, we still ask ourselves the questions. We don't know why the Neanderthals died off and we lived on. If we were consuming the same foods, we would have been growing at the same pace. Uh, it's still a mystery as to uh, how they kind of became extinct. Maybe Mike Tyson will figure that out in his next season. All right, headliner asinine here. Cat jumps out a fifth floor window, bounces once, and runs away. Fifth? Okay, so that's like what, 50 feet at least? God. Yeah. It just bounces away. I'm picturing like that scene in Mr. Deeds. Remember when uh, Adam Sandler's just like throwing cats out of the burning out of the burning building and they're landing on that little trampoline? Um, God. Yeah, cats. This is cats do this. Uh, would love to hear the story about how the cat kind of got out. Um, you know, certainly one of the certainly one of the worrisome things. I'm sure if you have an animal and you live in an apartment, you're worried that that animal will just kind of jump off. You know, you don't know what's going through its head. What if it kind of gets the opportunity to maybe just take a leap of faith? Uh, or maybe it comes from, you know, like an abusive household and it wants to get out. And maybe it thought to itself, like, this is it. I'm going to kill myself. And then it landed on its feet and it's like, fuck. Okay, well, I guess I'll just keep it going. Uh, so I'm going to say that's a headline. This is a headline out of Chi-Town, Chicago, where there was a fire going on in an apartment building. Uh, only one unit, so the whole place didn't blow up in flames, but the cat was getting a little bit hot. So the cat is, everyone's staring at the bottom floor, looking at this fire engulfing, and they see a cat that's kind of testing the waters, putting its feet out, and eventually it leaps, and you can actually find this video online. Um, jumps, lands on the grass, bounces once, pops up, runs for care under the car. A fireman tried to go get it, but it tried to run back into the building because I guess that's where it saw safety. Um, no need to worry, everyone at home. The cat is safe. Uh, 15 people died in the fire. The cat's fine. Yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad. That's too bad. I mean, if it was a dog, you know, I'd be happy, but it's just a cat. Cam's coming up here. Send Headliner it. asinine. Uh, <clears throat> here we go. Space-aged wine. The new luxury of the upper class. Ooh. Um, obviously, as time is different in space, the thing you might not know, folks, is a man who enters space at the age of 49 and comes back two years later will actually be not 51. Uh, his body will have aged much more slowly because he's in a different time, and I don't understand the, how it works, but as far as I know, time, age, and time, space is different when you're out of the atmosphere and out of the planet. So technically, if you could live longer, if you go to space. Now, I think there's also some complications going down there, but this is more of a sign. As you know, this is a scientific podcast. Anyway, um, plowing ahead here, do I think that space-aged wine makes any sense? No. 
Do I think that people would like to buy it because it was in space at one point? Surely do. But do I think anyone's going to go ahead and uh, bring wine to space because of the dangers? I don't, and I'm going to call ass on I'm. Cam, this is a headline coming from uh, a company called uh, Pietris or Pietru. Well, I'm, not, I'm not sure the uh, origin of the country, but yeah, it is. <laughs> it is a wine developer, winemaker who um, three years ago uh, brought bottles of their <laughs> Cam's mic. Cam's mic stand fell apart, uh, or my mic stand fell apart in Cam's uh, care. Um, this company, yeah, so three years ago they brought, uh, they brought bottles of red and wine to the International Space Station. Apparently it was a priority for them, or it really just shows who has the money and who's able to bring things in and there. And the wine has been sitting there for three years, just in their bottle, kind of bottled up, getting ready to go. But now it is time for the wine to come home and to be sold at auction, um, where a bottle of their red sold for $1.2 million at a private auction. Um, $1.2 million or uh, 300,000 Bitcoin, whichever one you have. Um, and they think this is going to be a trend. You know, they have more bottles of wine they plan to bring to space, leave it there for a little bit and come back. And Cam, like you said, uh, someone's willing to pay for it out there. So keep the money rolling. Keep, keep the cash moving. All right. Headliner out tonight, Cam, my final one of the day. Engagement ring sent to the wrong table. Ooh, that's tough. That's tough. Um, now I've never proposed to someone, um, but you know the setup for the proposal is you know is the most important part, right? Do you do you want to do it at a private location that's important to you know the two of you? Do you want to uh, yeah go to a restaurant and um, you know kind of do it that way? But Cam, what you do with the ring is the most important part. We've all seen videos of somebody getting engaged on a boat and then they hit a they, they hit a little wave and the ring goes flying off into the water we've all seen a video like that that you can't think to your help yourself poor sucker but i can't imagine spending thousands of dollars on an engagement ring and then giving it to some fucking grimy busboy and then being like okay put this take your grimy busboy fingers and then take this beautiful thousand, $10,000 ring and then drop it into ice cream <laughs> it just seems so weird the way they always kind of you know they'll hide engagement rings and and uh it, it just it does sound like a it does sound like a funny story though for everyone involved right you know you're the one who's about to ask somebody to marry you and then your you know your wife's going through the cheesecake and you're like uh oh where's the ring did she swallow it and then a few oh, tables no. over some woman who was not expecting uh to be asked um receives an engagement ring or maybe she was already married and she's thinking to herself what the fuck is going on here um maybe it was just two friends out for lunch and uh all those sorts of things is it a true story? It sounds like it's something that could happen, but I you may want to throw an asinine in there. Uh, but I'm going to say it's a headline. I want to hear the story. Uh, this one is made up, so that's yeah. an asinine. But I do have a funny story about a man in Ireland. Or sorry, um, a friend of mine who had a girlfriend who was in Ireland for schooling for like a few months, and on her birthday sent over flowers. Was waiting all day to hear the text being like thanks for the flowers turns out they were sent a few doors down ah uh, yeah well that can happen that can happen yeah but the uh the engagement ring yeah if ever you're gonna uh, don't don't trust engagement rings in food 
that's just a bad idea, right? That's just a terrible idea. I know nothing about jewelry and very little about food, but it's not a good idea to combine the two. Some beg to differ. Because <laughs> then you're just going to swallow it. What happens if you swallow it, right? You can never tell. You can never tell. Cam is uh, working hard to try to fix this mic stand. <laughs> uh, it's not gonna. It, you're not gonna get it. You're not gonna get it. <laughs> Why? There, fixed. Cam, Cam is standing up. Uh, well, I'm sure you can hear based on um, all the motion of the microphone. Stand, yeah. The way, just reef on it. Yeah, really. Uh... <laughs> Cam, here okay, we go. Cam. That's it. I have your final headline here for you. Here it is. Uh, Bluetooth animatronic tail expresses your feelings through wags. Well, furries are uh, reaching the, the new generation of people. So uh, do I think that they could somehow bluff this? I, I don't think it's actually generating how you're feeling, but it's just like a mood ring. It's like, let me see your hand. Oh, it's blue. You must be blue. Oh, it's it's green. You must be green. Jealous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you must have a temperature of 72 degrees on your hand. <laughs> wow. That's very cold. Um, anyway, yeah, I think that probably they've, uh, they, I don't, I hope it doesn't stick into your butt, but maybe it does. Uh, either way, I think the furry conventions are getting deeper and more technologically advanced. And this is their newest way of um, showing attraction to each other. So, shouts out to all the furries out there. Uh, you got yourself a new product. That's a headline. <laughs> Cam, you're right. This is a headline. We're not just talking about any tale. We are talking about the newest, hottest product in the line of wearable technology. It's the My Tail. Uh, created by the Tail Company. They've created a bushy tail that you strap onto yourself and you can control with your cell phone. You kind of attach it to your waist like you would a belt. Um, very simple. And then the users wear the tail and then they can use the app to control a range of emotions from calm and relaxed to frustrated and tense. So they're not, it's not actually picking up on their emotion. They have to plug it you in. You choose what your emotion is. Uh, each level of excitement Do comes. Do we choose what emotion we have? Oh, that's a deeper question. Um, each level of excitement comes with it three to four built-in moves from short wags, happy wags, and even an erect tremble. Uh, there are a couple more modes uh, available for this, such as walking, where it will just sort of cycle through a series of neutral motions as you walk in a straight line. You don't have to worry about uh, selecting, you know, the way you want it to move in particular. The tail company is really, really banking on cosplayers, LARPers. And then in turn, furries to jump onto the trend. And for a cost of only $200, it could be the hottest piece of technology for your uh, cosplaying experience. It's still currently on Kickstarter, but they're looking to hit shelves in August uh, because they have already hit their, uh, you know, kind of Kickstarter goal. Uh, so keep an eye out for the My Tail. Well, this is um, a sad reality we've hit, so... Hey, enjoy it while you can. Um, I don't know what to tell you. It, it, uh, let's plow ahead. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to say don't anything. Don't have to say anything. It's, no judgment it, here. No, tons of judgment. It's disgusting. Lots of judgment. It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's, uh, it's weird. Please don't buy this. And please do not buy this. Yeah, you're right. All right, Cammy. Well, I think that's all the time we have here. So tell us, tell the folks what they need to be doing. 
Yeah, that's all the time we have for the podcast. Thanks for listening. What you need to be doing is listening to the podcast because we're all over the place. Of course, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, uh, it's on YouTube if you want to find it. It's on Google Play. It is on Stitcher Premium. However, it's not a premium podcast, so you're still going to hear all those juicy ad drops that we usually include um, amongst all of our things. So you can listen to us all over there. You can also reach out to us at twoseasonapod at gmail.com. We would love to hear um, anything that listeners have to say. Listener questions. Questions. You have a product you want to plug yourself, or hey, maybe you're just looking for 15 seconds of fucking fame on um, an insanely popular podcast. Uh, and if that's the case, we'd more than love to hear from you. Right on. And don't forget, folks, as May 2-4 weekend comes up this weekend, here's a fact to tell your friends. Canada, and specifically Ontario, holds 20% of all the fresh water in the world. I'm Cam LeClaire, signing off. Take care, folks. Continuing tonight on two season a pod 96.7 on your two season a pod 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 two